Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Juwan, and we have an amazing panel uh, today, as per usual, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, Juwan? I'm excited to be here on Geek Vibes Live. I am excited to have you here, and I apologize. The start of the show interrupted you saying you got your you got a chance to finish Stranger Things. So before I introduce yeah. Nick, just um just quickly, I mean, did you like it? Did, did you enjoy season three? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean I felt like maybe the first two episodes were a little slow, but when it picked up, it really picked up. I thought that they really brought their A game this season. The graphics look better. As I think you guys were saying at some point they upped the gore. The fighting scenes were great. And of course I'm still reeling over the spoiler alert death of Jim Hopper. Yeah, definitely a sad one. Uh, I was telling you I was gonna wait till you finish it because my favorite moment of the show um has definitely grown on me more. Um, since they've done, like, challenges and stuff for it. But um, Dustin singing is definitely a very, very, very uh, awesome highlight of the show. Um, it was just really fun to hear him sing and then to hear Susie sing. Susie, I think, was the name of his girlfriend. Um, and that yeah. she's real. Um, I'm so happy that she was actually real. <laughs> yeah. What would you say, Nick? I said, except she fucking got Hopper killed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Susie did get Hopper killed. That was that was Susie's gonna have to uh you know, make up for that. But hopefully maybe they, you know, have her come into town for like a uh vacation. Um, so we see more of her because I think her character would be awesome next to Dustin. And Even I, though I do go ahead. And I was gonna say I'm convinced that the American during the post credit scene was Hopper, and no one can take that away from me until season four comes out. Ah, it was, I mean, the only way it's not Hopper is if David Harbour comes out and is like, I'm done with Stranger Things, I don't I don't really want to do it anymore. That's, to me, the only way that American is not Hopper. Um, and then if that's the case, I'm pretty sure they'll just ignore the fact that they see American. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely, I, I'm thinking about it now. I hope Susie doesn't come into town because then it's like, another one of Will's friends that will ignore him because they have a girlfriend and I don't know if I'm ready oh, to Oh, poor that Will. Yeah, he that was is, such uh, a fifth wheel in that season. Um, I did feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really sad. Um, but Nick, what's going on, Nick? How you feeling, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I obviously already had finished Stranger Things, but I still haven't seen Spider-Man. I've been so busy. Uh, I, I feel oh, like wait. I feel like such a fucking loser, man. <laughs> I, have, I, mean, I have yet to carve out time to go see Spider-Man. I am, I am the 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 worst geek uh, in the world right now. I will say this, Nick. 
you know how much I love you, man. You know that you're, you're, you're like family to me. But I will tell you this in all honesty. You do not see Spider-Man by next Sunday. I will live on air spoil that movie for you. Go find time to see that movie, Nick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to see it tomorrow. If I get off work early enough, there's a screening at 3.40 at the theater by my house. I was actually going to watch it today. Uh, I was going to go see it this morning because I've been up since 7. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the first showing at the theater by my house was at 1. And I was like, well, oh, i got to do the show at 3, so I guess that's not going to work. Um, oh, so, we yeah. could have found a way to push the show back for you to see that movie, Nate. you got to <laughs> see that movie, man. Uh, but everyone listening, you heard it here. I will spoil this movie for Nick live on air next Sunday if he does not see it. Um, I'm honestly surprised I ha- it hasn't been spoiled for me yet. I don't know what kind of, like, good fucking juju I got going for me right now, but, like, something. Because, like, it, I, I've yet to have it spoiled on the Internet. Well, luckily, whatever you were doing, continue to do it. So it does not spoil it for you. <laughs> Just um, as Nick say, says that, just as Nick says yeah. that after the show, he's gonna see like the massive spoilers online. He's gonna be like, "God damn it, I jinxed it!" <laughs> oh, absolutely. I will say though, Nick, this is one of those movies that um, even if you do happen to see something, I think you'll still really enjoy the movie. Um, oh, as I'm a sure. Whole. Yeah. So um, go see the movie. Uh, but all right, let's get into our topics. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I want to start with a brand new uh, report that we just got. A uh, new report from The Sun speculates that Lashana Lynch will be playing the role of 007 in the early going uh, on Bond 25 due to James being retired. This would be the first time a female has ever played the role of 007. I love how they didn't work black in there, but let me help them. It will be the first <laughs> ever black and female to ever be uh, James Bond. Um, in the movies, because I'm pretty sure it's been parodies or something like that. But um, but this, to me, is huge. If anyone is not familiar with Lashana Lynch, I do believe, I do believe, unless I'm mistaken, she was um, in Captain Marvel. Uh, she was. She was Monica, Carol Danvers. Uh, Maria Rambo. Yes, thank you. Um, so that was the first time I've ever seen her act. Um, I, I thought she was really good in, in, in the role. Um, I assume that the second one was going to give more to her character, so I didn't judge it um, really that much. Um, but I definitely did enjoy what I saw, but to me, I'm really excited about this. Tia, I know you had a lot uh, to say about it, so i actually start with you. What are your thoughts on, uh, again, this is speculation. I have not heard anyone from the studios or anything confirm it. I haven't seen her come out and, uh, and, and champion it the way that we know they usually would. So we'll just address this as a report for now. But what are your thoughts on if this were to become uh, true? So, first of all, I don't. I'm just going to get it out of the way because I don't want to really focus on this. But I'm going to sound a little bit like a negative Nancy here, and I feel like it's a bit of a cop out because it's okay because James Bond is retired, right? We know eventually he's going to come back and then regain his role as 007 and all that. So if they wanted to have where she was going to be the first, as you said, you know, the first black female uh, 007, yeah, that would be great. But I want her to have her own movie. Like right off the bat, this is what we're making, not, 
oh, she's just going to be a stand-in until uh, Daniel Craig's character comes back. Because to me, what does that mean? Is she going to be 007 for the first half of the movie? Or is it going to be one of those things where she's it for 10 minutes and then, uh, you know, James Bond comes back in? So that's my only thing. When you told me about it, I was like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I just wanted to say, I, I did want to speak really quickly to that. Um, only reason that doesn't bother me is because I consider it a, a feeling. So the fact that social media has not went crazy about the fact that a female, let alone a black female, is going to be 007 for, like, even if it's the first hour before Daniel Craig comes back, I think it is a feeling. So it's like, all right, if people kind of love this, then you know what we'll do? We'll be more interested in seeing about making um, 007 black going forward or maybe making a separate series where she's a woman going forward. Um, so I think this is just this is a way to open the door. But I think we always knew um, that this movie was, was Daniel Craig's movie. Um, so to me, the issue will come to you is if they kill it. That will be my mm-hmm. issue. Um, but if it's something to where she's reassigned um, and, and Daniel Craig comes back, then I'll be fine with that. But if they kill her, that will be my oh, yeah. Um But, yeah, I'm sorry, continue. No, and that's all I was going to say um, to that because, obviously, we've had the same old, same old for so long. Uh, James Bond has always been a white male. With Daniel Craig, I know this is so, like, insignificant, but it was a little, like, different because he was blonde, and that was about it. Um, But people really, you had people who say were really uh, for Idris Elba, like myself, to be the next James Bond, and then people who were really against it. So they could possibly be doing this, you know, as you said, a feeler to see how people are going to exactly react. And if it's, you know, overly positive, then move forward into that direction. I do hope that we see a change. And um, because it's time, we've had 25 movies seeing the same old thing. Let's go in a different direction. And that actress is great. The only thing I have seen her in uh, was Captain Marvel, but I loved her character in Captain Marvel, so it would be really cool to see her in a role where she can get even more into the action and really see what she can do. Um, so I am interested. I just hope it's not one of those things where it's like the movie starts off and they say, okay, this this woman's been 007, and then within the next five minutes, then that's completely erased. And if they kill her, and if that's the reason why he comes back, that's going to be such a cop-out. It's going to be such a cop-out to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, the thing the thing that I, I think of that uh, pops in my brain is when I saw the very last Final Destination that they did. Um, they had the black guy survive to the end, right? And then they had him mm-hmm. die the worst of everybody. Uh, and that bothered me because I'm kind of like, finally we'll have a horror movie where the black guy makes it to the end, and then I'm like, you kill him? That's 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 horror. That's so bad. Um, but to me, yeah, I mean, my only issue is if she dies and that's how he comes back, I kind of do look at it differently. I, I don't look at it to where I'm like, this is a great opportunity um, for her. I look at it more to where it was kind of just like we didn't want to fully commit to the idea of it, so we killed her off. <laughs> that to me is just such a waste. Um, so to me, don't waste it. Uh, but Nick, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I really like it. Y'all are fucking being negative as shit over here. Um, I uh, 
I, I you like have the to idea. You have to approach certain things with a grain of salt just because you have to be prepared for Hollywood to pull its usual bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I don't think that even if they kill her, I don't I, – I don't – I mean, to me, I look at this as like they have the story set up. Like you said, Joanne, like this is obviously like Daniel Craig being in the movie as James Bond. It's a It's a – Probably his final run as Bond. It's the continuation of his version of Bond. Um, I I do think, like you said, I look at this as like a, an interesting step in the right direction. Um, I think if they set this character up and do her justice, like do like um, do the character very well, that they could spin this off into um, like potentially her own um, uh, MI6 uh, like spinoff. Which I think would be like super fucking interesting to me um, personally. Like I've always thought that the the world um, that Ian Fleming created um, for James Bond had a lot of interesting characters, and they've only ever focused on James Bond. Um, I'm I'm happy to see Felix Leiter um, is going to be back in this movie. He's always been an intriguing character that popped up um, numerous times throughout the novels. Um, and and has never gotten a lot of shine. Um, I I think it would be interesting to see like his own story. Um, so I think you can just add to that with this, and maybe you know even instead of seeing um, instead of seeing like them do a, another Bond movie, like I'm optimistic that this could lead into. So let's say you know she's 007. Um, in the movie, and maybe maybe James doesn't like take the mantle back up. Maybe they maybe it's James who dies, and then you know, and then you have her being 007 going forward. Or maybe you know they complete the mission and he just goes back to retirement, and you still have her being 007 going forward. Um, and then you can have um, it, what, in my opinion, um, maybe it is a cop out. Um, but you can have kind of a, a bridge, like a compromise of, you know, the the, I don't want to say stupid people, but we'll say close-minded people who are like James Bond has to be a white, you know, dude. Like, um, you know, like you, you kind of sidestep that and say, all right, well, James Bond is a white dude, but now he's retired, um, and now we have this character who's 007, and it's not James Bond, um, but you know, she's. Um, she's a black British woman. So, and if you don't like it, fuck off. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, if they did kill her, it would definitely be disappointing because of all of the, where I'm looking at this and like all of the different things they could do with it. Um, so that would, that would definitely like be, I, I, it would definitely be like a disappointment. I wouldn't necessarily look at it as like, oh, well, you know, they just, you know, totally copped out or whatever, you know, um, I would say that's the way that, you know, they wrote the story. Um, and maybe it's an intrinsic, intrinsical part to the story. Um, but, um, I would very much love to see, um, like, uh, at least, uh, for a little while, I think it would be really cool to see 007 films that just don't focus on James Bond. That we just get an entirely new character. Um, so that way it's not like, um, do we make James Bond a woman and do we change the name to, you know, Jamie Bond or whatever? Like, no, just like make her own character, but make her 007. 
um, like that to me is more intriguing, more interesting. Um, but you know, um, I was always a big, uh, like a big proponent of Idris Elba being Bond at some point. Um, I, and I don't, I don't necessarily with the fact that none of the movies really have continuity. Um, pretty much, they've never really had continuity. Um, I don't know why people would would think that that's a big deal. Um, like it, it, it the, the continuity just kind of never. Um, it, it's it's like Fox. It's like Fox's very loose version of continuity. Like for for example, where you have Bill Duke playing Trask, and then you know from there you have like a, a an older African American dude playing Trask, and then later on, um, well actually earlier on in the timeline. Then you have like a uh, slightly younger dwarf white guy playing trash. Uh, um, so like things like that, it's kind of the same same kind of thing as far as continuity, um, and probably even to a lesser degree. Um, but if if this is like a way that we can get like um uh like a new take on just 007, um, like I'm very intrigued to see if if they if they go that route and if they're if they're willing to go that route and, and if that is indeed what they're setting up or if they're just, this is just part of the story and maybe we're um, counting our chickens before they're hatched, so to speak. Well, like I said, it's a report. It's right now. It's a report. Um, And to me, I look at it to where, to me, it is honestly a cop out if you kill it. It just is. I mean, it is to the point where even if the story is around, um, like, it could be that maybe the time from the last uh, James Bond to now, he's been training her, and her death is what sparked him to decide to come back to Avenger. That's still a cop-out. Like, it, it just, it is, because the idea that you're selling us on is if she does, if she does, step into becoming James Bond before he gets back, you are playing on the idea of we have been wanting to see, or a small percentage or whatever, uh, but people have wanted to see a black James Bond. You then making her a black James Bond and killing her is a little, uh, I'm not going to say sabotage, but it will feel kind of like, why? Like, why why even do that? Just make her uh, another character, not James Bond. Make her, you know, Susie Best, whatever. Um, and then kill her. And it still brings him back because he wants to avenge her. Like, it, it, it will give the same feel. But you giving us that tease and then killing her, I, I kind of don't know if I, if I like that at all, especially with someone that I, I think um, is a good actress to where you could do more with it um, going forward. So I, I, I don't know. It, it's a weird situation to be in, but um, I'm not getting overly upset or overly um you know, stuck on the idea, because like I said, it's a report. could be all false, and then I've donated too much of my time to something that's not even true. <laughs> um, well, and some, so, well I mean, the thing is, too, if he's, not, if he's not in active service, somebody's got to be 007. Like, that's just the way that it works, you know? Like, um, when in all of the previous movies, when double O agents get killed, a new agent comes in um, to right. replace them as that thing. So, like, if he's not active... Somebody is 007. Now, to your point, um, Jawan, that doesn't mean that she has to be 007. Um, you know, uh, it, it could just be somebody we never meet for you know for all we know. Um, right. But but nevertheless, uh, like somebody has to fill that role. Um, but I, I I will agree with you. Uh, just 
if they if they are indeed going that route where she's going to have the mantle of 007 for you know a portion of the movie or you know the majority of the movie or maybe even the whole movie maybe maybe Bond comes quote unquote comes out of retirement but doesn't take the mantle of 007 um, mm-hmm. like you know I, I I would I would prefer that they're doing this with more of a long play at hand than just having it be um, you know something that they put together for this particular story, but time will tell. Right, yeah, that, that's my biggest issue. If you're doing it just for this movie, then I kind of feel like it, it, it's a bit cheap. It, it's a bit cheap. Um, but if it's for a longer play, by all means, let's do it. I mean, hell, let's, let's get a James Bond uh, universe um, to where it's a bunch of agents that, that come together maybe, or three agents that come together. Um, I'm just completely fine with that. I love the idea of that, but just don't make it cheap to where she's James Bond, you kill her off, and then it's kind of just like this all felt like it was purely for nothing. Um, but Tia, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, I did want to say I forget which one of you guys said it, but I do think it would be cool if she was kind of past the mantle at the end of the movie so it sets up for the next phase of James Bond movies. Um, that would be really cool, honestly. And for her to still be 007, but not be a, as Nick said, quote unquote, Jamie Bond, um, but you know, still kicking ass. And like, this is, she's now our new 007. Um, I think that'd be really cool. If it was essentially like passing the mantle and setting up for like the next uh, phase of movies. That would be cool. Um, in my opinion. To me, to me, changing the name is always, to me, been been weird. Like, even if he, even if they cast Idris Elba as, as James Bond, like, to me, there's no need to change the name because it's not their real name. It's the code name. Um, mm. so, I mean, it, to me, I, I wouldn't feel the need to uh, to change the name at all. It's never been name. established that James Bond is a code name, by the way. It's also never been established that, that it's his actual name. Uh, I think it was in the in the um in the books, but I don't think it's oh, ever I've never not read the been. Books, so I won't speak to that. That's yeah, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, I think um I haven't read him in years, like um, so I I could be wrong about that. But I mean, he is he was a naval officer before he joined MI6, and I believe his name was James Bond as a naval officer. So, um, but uh, but thought... it's, it's never been established in in the movies that that's not a code name. So that in that you could get by with it. But I mean, I, as far as as far as it being Idris Elba, I, like again, I don't think it's necessarily important. It's like like I said, there's never there's never been continuity. I mean, yeah, it's always been a white dude, but like, I mean, it's also been uh you know of a, a fucking Scotsman. It's been an Australian like um a couple Englishmen like. It, it wouldn't be the end of the world just to be like, yeah, just fucking, you know, this is this is the new James Bond, and yeah, he's black. Like, just fucking get over it. Like, it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Like making James Bond black isn't the same as making Jason Bourne black. It's like, well, no, Jason Bourne is is white. I mean, and his name is Jason Bourne. Like I said, to me, and I think some people might think this also, Nick, um, that James Bond is has in the movie. Because, again, like I said, I haven't read the book, so um, I could be completely ignorant uh, to that. Um, it just always felt like a code name. I mean, it even even in Daniel Craig's James Bond, it kind of seemed like it was digging into his past. Um, and it kind of felt like he was someone else. Like, James Bond wasn't uh, wasn't his name uh, in, in his past. 
it seemed like it was the name that was given to him when he became the ace. But, again, I could be completely wrong. I just think it'd be the better way to go is making James Bond a code name than the each individual's name has actually been James Bond. I I think it'd be a weird yeah, I mean, I, the way they went. I I feel like it's just loose continuity, and they just change people out. I feel like it has been the same character the whole time, though. Just different people oh. playing him. But but that's my point. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it does. It wouldn't matter if Idris Elba stepped in to play it. It would still be the same James Bond character. It Like, right. you would just have to suspend belief a little bit and be like, all right, well, it's it's still it's still the same character. I mean, dude, we we uh we had like a female M, and granted, it was a di- it was established that it was a different M, but like mm-hmm. nevertheless, like it, we had her show up with Pierce Brosnan, um, and him, you know, going along having been you know on um a member of MI6 for a long fucking time, and then when they rebooted and brought. Um, Daniel Craig in and decided to adapt uh, Fleming's very first novel, Casino Royale, which is the very first appearance of James Bond in any medium. Um, they adapted that story as if he was a, a, like just becoming an agent, yet they kept her on as him, even though that didn't jive with the rest of the timeline they've set up. So to me, that's what I mean. It's just – it's all a wash. Like You just suspend, this, uh, suspend belief and just roll with it. It's not that important. I think directors should just have the mindset of if you're trying to, to do a race change, just have the mindset going in that people aren't going to like it, but it won't matter. Um, I right. mean, we had a movie about a character who was black that caused a whole bunch of controversy with Black Panther. I mean, you had so many people saying, I don't get why it'd be nominated. Like, it was only a big deal because he was black. Like, people that think that, it's like you're, you're never going to get those people to think otherwise. So it's like, just right. make a movie you're comfortable with, and if they hate it, they hate it. But if you do have a fan base, that fan base will come out and support it no matter what. So Absolutely. To me, if you make Especially James Bond black, Idris people Elvis will still go see it. Yeah, people still will go see it. Yeah. So to um, me, it's like, it, it's a no-brainer. Um, and besides, right, never going to be really happy. Right. But Hold besides, on. I guarantee you, if they made Idris Elba James Bond, he wouldn't be black forever. <laughs> They'd make they'd have a new James Bond some point in the future that was white again. Like it'd be, um, to me, I, I guarantee it. To me, at that point, to really piss fans off, I'd usher in a new era of only making James Bond black for like twenty years, <laughs> and then maybe <laughs> revisiting making him white again. Man, y'all are uh, just straight up. Y'all are just straight up like taking that cake and wanting to eat it too today. Like, oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. To me, it's like I, I like to buy. I like to buy buy all in. I like to go all in. So it's like if I'm gonna make them black now, um, in ten years I'm not gonna. Because to me, it's like all right. Again, depending on how many movies, um, I would want to continue that. In uh, you know, because at that point you would figure they would have gotten over it if I did four movies with them being being black. So I mean, at this point, why not continue it? I mean, they can only get but so angry. <laughs> I mean, somebody's seeing it if I had four. Um, but all right, let's uh, let, let's move on because I can talk about this forever. Um, let's talk a little bit of Mortal Kombat news. Mortal Kombat cast the raid star Joe Taslam as Sub Zero. Um, this I thought was a solid casting. Nowhere near who I would have wanted to cast with Sub Zero. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the idea, but I like it because I wanted a somewhat no name. Um, 
so I can keep him in a mask. I don't want to see his face, like, ever continue to have that mask on. Don't take it off. Um, the only way I would have been okay with you showing Sub-Zero or Scorpion's face is if you were doing solo movies for the two characters before then bringing them into Mortal Kombat. But the idea that we're having a Mortal Kombat movie, don't ever show me his face. Don't need it. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the casting we got for Sub-Zero? Um, I, I'm totally fine with it. My, my very first, like my, my punch drunk instinct when I saw the casting, um, and it was like, okay, it's the dude, one of the guys from the raid. I was like, wait a second, man. Like Sub-Zero is fucking Chinese. Like this, that the raid is not a Chinese movie. That was like Indonesia, I believe. Um, so I looked it up and he is an in- Indonesian martial artist of Chinese descent. So I was like, all right, cool. Okay, we're good again. Um, uh, but yeah, dude, like I, I love it. I mean, the raid is one of the, one of the best martial arts, arts movies, um, you know, of, of this, um, like of our time. Uh, and, and, you know, totally, um, like set a new standard for for what you could do uh with um you know fighting uh and and you know doing um uh like different different stunts and different uh like storylines and and working it into the you know the 21st century and all that um so i mean i love it for that that um and you know i i kind of agree with you as far as if it'll be nice if we like if he just has the mask on um, my big thing, you know this, um, Tia, if you don't, you're about to, um, I just want them to adapt the Mortal Kombat storyline faithfully, because they've never done that, um, and Sub-Zero is a fucking badass character who is sent to the island to assassinate Shang Tsung, that is why he is there, um, and, um, it, you know, in the storyline, he, uh, kills, uh, um, uh, Scorpion, uh, before, you know, before he goes there, and then Scorpion, you know, comes, uh, is resurrected from the nether realm uh, uh, to participate in the tournament so he can get revenge uh, for, you know, Sub-Zero um, killing him, and he thinks Sub-Zero killed his family, but you later find out that's not the case. But um, but anyway, um, like, I want that, like, I, I want that to be, like, the you don't have to follow it directly, but I don't want um, you know, Sub Zero to just be a token bad guy. Like he's his own character. He's got his own motivations for being there. Don't make him some fucking Shang Tsung lackey like they did in the original Mortal Kombat movie. Um, and if they do that, I'll be happy. But I really do like the casting. Um, I'm kind of getting excited for this movie because it actually seems like it's going to happen now that it's been in development hell for like a decade. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm pretty pretty pumped about it now i'm just going to be interested to see who they cast for you know a lot of these other characters um and you know see see kind of where it goes from there and then as far as just one more quick thing um uh this sub-zero is the older sub-zero brother and he always wears the mask the for so i don't want anyone to jump in the comments and be like well you know technically sub-zero does you know, in in the third game, he doesn't have a mask. Well, blah, blah, blah. that's not the same Sub Zero. That's his brother. Um, and yes, he doesn't always have a mask. He's got he's the one with the scratch on his eye. Um, so two different Sub Zeros. This one shouldn't show his face. Right. I mean, even if there's people that think uh, it's okay if he shows his face at some point, um, I, I I hate you. 
Um, I don't ever <laughs> want to see a character who wears a mask for a large portion of, of the time I see him. Um, that's why I said if you go for a name, it's like, damn, they're going to show his face. But when you go for someone who's not a huge name, it then leaves that possibility um, for him to be faithful and wear the mask, keep the mask on. Right. And it's, if they design it correctly, it's a comfortable mask. Like It's not like uh, what Tom Holland has to has to wear. Every time he takes that thing off, he's like, oh, gas for air because he can barely breathe. <laughs> so this is like a cloth over your mouth, really. Or you could do it to where it's more modern, to where maybe it's more of um, uh, a play on kind of like what Bane had going across his mouth in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, so you can get really crafty with it, but it should always be comfortable because it's not an uncomfortable mask. Um, but, yeah, you should always have the mask on. Uh, Tia, yeah, I will go to you. Uh, me and Nick are definitely passionate about this. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I wanted to comment really quick that you do really have, like, a thing for masks because, I remember when we were talking about uh, Pablo Schreiber getting cast as Master Chief in the Halo series, you were like, well, he better be wearing that mask, God damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me tell you this. I will tell you this. If in that trailer I see his face once, I will never watch that show. The only reason why I say this, Tia, is because in the video game, unless I'm remembering this completely wrong, and I will admit that, I have not played it in a while. So I, I could be completely wrong. But I do not ever recall seeing him without his mask in the game. He literally wore it every time. And you casting someone who is attractive like Pablo Shriver, it tells me off the rip, I'm going to see his face. And it doesn't even matter if I see it for just one episode. I don't want to see it. He always had his mask on. Stay faithful. I do not know why that is so difficult. Stay faithful. Uh, so that, that's my only thing, but I'm sorry, Thea. It, it just it, it bugs me because I know they're going to show his face, and he never has his helmet off, and it's going to bug me, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Thea. Something tells oh. me Tia's, Tia's not worried about that. She'll be just fine if they show his face. <laughs> Tia would be fine if Master Chief had no armor on, just a tank top, <laughs> and showed his face the entire time. I would <laughs> lose my mind. <laughs> so... I don't mean to get, like, too much into this right now because you guys are going to be like, oh, God, the girl here on this podcast is being like this. But uh, I follow Pablo Schreiber on Instagram, and he has been working <laughs> out, like, nobody's business for this role. So, um, yeah, Nick is completely on the nose on that one. But um, <laughs> I don't know much about Mortal Kombat, and I certainly don't know this actor. I will say um, that it's always good, in my opinion, when they're trying to build something and they kind of get a little bit of a no-name actor, because then you'll at least have maybe the confidence that they'll build into that world and not be really that busy, per se, um, with other things and say it's like he does a really good job at Sub-Zero, and they, then they want to continue making more Mortal Kombat movies, but he can't be involved because he's in a million other different projects. So hopefully that will be um, kind of the case there. And since he was in the raid and obviously has shown that he has like the martial arts abilities that, you know, he'll bring uh, his, a, you know, his A game to this uh, Mortal Kombat adaptation. Yeah. I mean, all, I think all we want is...
Juan? Uh, I'll step in. Um, Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. (laughs) There I am. Sorry. Um, I always happen to get packages when I'm doing the show. It's the worst thing ever. Um, I feel like Amazon waits till I'm doing the show to start delivering packages. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) the only thing we are looking for is for this to authentic, for it to feel um, like how we remember Mortal Mortal Kombat being. And I will say, uh, to continue the conversation of Mortal Kombat, uh, we got a report that it not only will be rated R, which is beautiful, because I'm, I'm, I was really stressed out on the idea of the studio saying yes to that, um, but it will be rated R, and it will feature fatality. That is mm. the most beautiful thing you could tell me, um, because I've, I would love to see, James Wan is attached to this project, so I would love to see how... Uh, they go about showing these fatalities. Because, Nick, I don't know if you've played the new Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11. Um, mm. The fatalities are really disgusting. I mean, they're cringeworthy. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that is Mortal Kombat. So, I mean, the fact that it made me cringe a little bit is a good thing. Um, I don't know if that makes it sound like a serial killer, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's to the allure of, um, or the legend, rather, of Mortal Kombat with these fatalities just being brutal. Um, so, Nick, I'll go to you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on it being rated R? And um, is fatality something that uh, is important to you, or would you have been fine if they didn't really have fatalities in? Let me say this. God bless you, James Wan. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I could live without it. Um, and well, okay, let me rephrase that. Um I, I could live without it being rated R. Um, it, it, and I, for a long time, I thought I was, I was kind of thinking like, well, shit, like, you know, like uh, several of their biggest characters are Chinese, and like, you know, if they make this like movie like too graphic, it might not even show like in, um, like in China, and like that could be, um, you know, that that could hurt it box office wise. And, you know, that would totally fucking suck because um, then we wouldn't get a sequel even if it is good. Um, so I was thinking, like, they might make this PG-13. They were always going to have fatalities. But there's obviously a level, um, you know, uh, of um, – how would I phrase it? Um, there's a – like, if, you, if you're making this movie rated R, you can be truer to the um, spirit of Mortal Kombat. Um and and kind of you know what what it did uh, you know even with the original game back in '92, um, so I, I'm happy that they're they're gonna do it like that. I I really I don't want it to be like I don't want it to I want it to basically I want it to feel like a fucking martial arts movie with like uh like with but be like the Mortal Kombat story and the mythos and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I don't want to hear somebody be like fatality or, you know, um, flawless victory. I think, uh, um, really what's it? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really want to like, that's where I draw. I don't want it to be campy unless they can work it in and make it like, like feel, um, like make it not feel campy. Um, then, you know, I don't, I don't want it. Like when, when he says it, uh, when Shang Tsung says it in the original Mortal Kombat, it is so fucking campy. And it wasn't even a fucking flawless victory because uh, the dude got hit. 
So it wasn't even a fucking flawless victory. They fucked it up on two different spectrums. Um, but uh, no, I, I am happy about this. Um, I think I think to really do it justice, it, it has to be rated R. There's going to be fatalities regardless, but this gives them a lot more um, kind of uh, um, like leeway with it. You know, like can you imagine like. Uh, and I I haven't watched Once Upon a Time in Deadpool, so I'm not sure. But, like, if they were trying to do Deadpool, like, PG-13, like, you couldn't get away with a lot of shit that they do in that movie. Like, ripping Deadpool in half when Juggernaut does that shit, like, um, like that ain't going to fly. Um, and so now, like, they could totally do Like, Gora could totally pick somebody up and rip them in half. Um, and, like, it would be, like, you know, I, I don't – I want to see it done um, – within some spectrum of, of taste. Uh, like, I mean, and I think Deadpool like figured that out just like how much kind of grotesque violence to get by with. Um, Tarantino is very good at it. Um, but, uh, but no, I I definitely want to have that element in there. Um, so I'm very, I'm very excited. Um, and just really quickly, I like to, um, I like the notion of casting these like, um, like martial arts, artist actors like um i think that was one of the kind of one of the big reasons that um uh that uh well amongst several but that the first season of iron fist just felt so like like it was like damn dude like this story's not grabbing me and even like the the martial arts scenes are terrible because this guy did like has no background in it and they didn't give him enough time to fucking prep and prepare and like learn things um so just getting guys who already come from that background, I think, is a very smart decision. Um, so I hope to see kind of more um, castings like that. Shout out to your dude, uh, yours and Joel's dude, uh, who's playing Bruce Lee um, in the upcoming um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, dude. Because I mean, I think I I would peg him. Uh, he he could be Luke Kang for sure. So um, and having a little bit of clout to his name. Uh, from being in, uh, you know, a Tarantino movie, maybe that pushes it in that direction. I, I'll say this, because um, I'm going to be very hypocritical uh, on 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 this, uh, and playing playing the fence of it. But but bear with me. I want the castings of Mortal Kombat to be where names are made. I don't need made names uh, because sure. the thing, the allure of it is it being Mortal Kombat. A large portion of the world knows Mortal Kombat. You've either played on arcade, Sega Genesis, uh, today's version, but you've played it. Um, so it's not like, oh, well, how are general people going to know? People know Mortal Kombat. Whether it's a parent knowing it purely because they won't let their kid play it, um, or someone that's played it in their youth and now gets to see a good version of it on the big screen. So I'd rather you use people that you're making household names rather than using household names because I kind of feel like you can take bigger liberties when you're not worrying about the fact that, excuse me, um, you're using these big names and it's like, well, I'm going to have to change this up for for this guy or whatever. Um, But what I I meant by me playing the fence is I would love Keanu Reeves to be Raiden. Uh, (laughs) I'm playing the fence here because it's like I want you to, to use people Give a lot of these actors who are good at, like you said, Nick, martial arts and stuff like that that we might not have uh, remembered seeing or heard uh, much of. Well, the guy that was in – go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and to, and to your credit, yes, he's a big name, but Keanu Reeves is really fucking good at martial arts. So I give you yes. a pass on that one. 
Right. And I think he'd be so freaking good in that role. Um, but, yeah, one of the guys I was thinking of that I, I think I would love as um, Scorpion, he he was in – what was that? It was Mark Mark Wahlberg, Ronda Rousey, um, the the lady from uh, from Walking Dead. It was like 44, something like that. The, the prisoner that, um, that they were carrying. That guy, I think, has a huge presence. It would be an amazing scorpion. Once the show's over, I have you no idea who you're talking about. Once it's over, look yeah. it up. I think you'll, I think you'll definitely agree with me. Um, but I think he has such a great presence, and I think he'd be a really good scorpion. Um, and he's a See, name that I, people don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a na- not a name that I recognize, but like, yeah, I think you could go with some big names. Like, just make sure. Like, I wouldn't mind Keanu Reeves at all. Wouldn't mind Tony Jaw. Um, I would love Tony Jaw if he was Shang Tsung. Like, that would be like, dude, like, fuck yes. Like, throw Donnie Yen in there. Look, get like, give Jackie Chan a cameo. Like, you want to give any of these like fucking mar- like badass martial artists? Um, you want to put them in there? Um, I'm totally cool with it. Um, but you know, I don't need to see like a, a big name just for the sake of having a big name. Right, because this is And I wouldn't expect we're going to get any big names, honestly. Right, now I'm with you, but this is not the project where you need a big name by, by any right. stretch. Um, so that's the, the good thing that you have going for you. Um, but Keanu Reeves is rating. Nick, just remember if it happens, it was literally said here first. I have not seen that anywhere. I have not heard that anywhere. I said that like, I said that like three years ago, dude. Oh, Really? Oh, well, then, yeah. look, regardless, it came from Geekbox. <laughs> um, so that's all that <laughs> Yes, <meant>. that's true. <laughs> um, but, yes, Tia, uh, what are your thoughts on Mortal Kombat being rated R and the idea of us getting fatalities? I, I know you said you weren't that familiar with, with Mortal Kombat, right? Um, you said that, right, Tia? I'm not putting words in your mouth. <laughs> You're correct. The fighting games okay. that I played when I was younger was like Tekken or Soul Calibur and like the Dragon Ball Z video games. But um, I obviously know Mortal Kombat. I mean, the finishing fatalities, everyone knows that shit. Um, right. So I, I feel like you can't really have a Mortal Kombat movie if you don't make it rated R. Like, it's just going to be ridiculous at that point. And it could run the risk of being incredibly campy. So um, I think that you have to make it rated R to show that, to show fatalities, because that's what people who are really big fans of this genre are going to want to see. Yeah, absolutely. It, to me, it, it's funny because as soon as I saw fatalities first, and maybe that was just my, my body's natural reaction was to go there first, um, but I saw fatality, and when I saw that, I was like, well, you have to be rated R. <laughs> because if the fatalities are going to be anything – like the past four games have been, I saw Scorpion throw like the dagger out of his hand and it, it go into someone's chest and then it pulls the heart out. So I'm like, I don't think you can really do that believably um, the PG-13 and it just feel natural. Um, yeah, you can't, really, you can't really pull off uh, what, like the Dark Knight with that, you know, where they would right. just cut away from all of the light. Like that doesn't work with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Right, yeah, that doesn't. If you're pulling away from Mortal Kombat, it's not Mortal Kombat, and just make something else because that's not Mortal Kombat. Um, but I will say, uh, Tia, I would love uh, for if this movie does work um, and it is really good, it's the box office hit and everything. Um, I would love to see someone just have the stone to try out Soul Calibur because it's not an easy thing to turn into a, a movie. Um, I think Soul Calibur is harder 
than um, than Mortal Kombat, honestly. So it'd be interesting to see if someone's brave enough to take Soul Calibur, because that that would let me know, like, all right, we've come a long way from, well, <laughs> from people wanting really... to make the same two video game movies. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that if a Mortal Kombat movie is successful, that will open up the genre more because I think that we spoke about this maybe at some podcast not too long ago, that you have all these adaptations of comic books, but not so much of video games, but there's a lot of story there. There's a lot that you can do there, and it really hasn't been able to be done successfully and, um, you know, uh, being faithful to the video games, but if you can show that it is possible, then yeah, why not? Um, technology is getting better. The graphics are getting better. You could possibly have someone who's like, you know what, now I want to step forward and make something like Soul Calibur. Which would be freaking dope. Uh, yeah. But- <laughs> I don't even want to think that far. We got two video game movies. Well, not mo- one of them is not a movie, but we got Halo coming, Mortal Kombat coming. Let's just hope both of those are really good. Wear the damn mask, Pablo. But let's just hope those are good and we can start <laughs> thinking about uh, everything else. But all right, let's move on. And out of Mortal Kombat, let's talk a little bit about Millie Bobby Brown, who denies rumors about her being cast in The Eternal. So we did get a report maybe last week, Tia, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that she was indeed casted in um, The Eternals, mainly because a lot of people were saying she was uh, slotted to being part of um, Marvel's uh, Comic-Con plans, Uh, but she has denied it. To me, I always tell people this, actors are always going to deny it. You'll hear it from a trade first or the studio first, then you'll hear the actor confirm. Um, so, no, this does not make me think that the report uh, that she's in the Eternals is false. It just lets me know that I won't know anything until next Saturday or Sunday. Um, so that's all that told me. But, uh, but Tia, what are your thoughts on Millie Bobby Brown denying the rumors about being in Eternals? Well, as you said, you really can't go um, by that until there's actual confirmation from the studios because the actor doesn't want to – you know, do anything, especially as Marvel doesn't want to do anything that the studio isn't going to approve of. So they're going to deny at first. Um, if it is true, that's going to suck a little. She would have been a good addition, and especially since she's young, she's very talented. She would be really good to kind of throw into um, this new phase of Marvel. So if that is the case, you know, I'd be a little sad. I mean, she's really great, and she's really up and coming from Stranger Things, from the Godzilla movie, so I would have really liked for her to be in the MCU, um, so I do hope, 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 I can't talk to you. I'm so sorry, guys. I do <laughs> certainly hope that we get uh, maybe a confirmation that she is, in fact, in the Eternals, and she was just, you know, doing her due diligence by denying it. Yeah, I mean, because look, if you're Marvel, uh, just like I said, if you're DC, as soon as Game of Thrones was said that they were going into their last season, if you're a DC, you should have immediately tried your best to get, <clears throat> excuse me, as many of those actors um, to be in your universe as possible. So if you're Marvel and you don't cast Millie Bobby Brown um, for this role, hopefully you have her casted for something else. If not, there's a really good chance DC could go, you know what, I wouldn't mind making a Batgirl movie, taking Millie, wouldn't mind it, um, or anything else. So. 
don't lose these these really good actors. Is what I'm saying, Marvel. Keep them. Um, but Nick, what what are your thoughts on uh, Millie denying the rumor that she's in the Eternals? Oh, uh, you know, maybe it's true, but like you said, you I mean she's not she's not going to be like. Yeah, I'm gonna confirm confirm the rumor now. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, like you've always said, like when they sign these contracts and everything, um, you know, there's some very specific wording in them as far as like these are the things that you can say, these are the things you can't say, these are, you know, this is this is what we expect of you. Um, so you know, I mean, unless you're Tom Holland or Mark Ruffalo, like you're probably gonna play by the rules there. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I I hope she is, or or like you said, if if maybe if she interviewed with Disney and you know they were like we really like you and we want to cast you, um, but like we you know maybe have a different idea, like we you know we got this we got the X Men coming back, maybe we can maybe we have a role lined up for you there. Who knows? We all know Kevin Feige plans all this shit way out in the future, um, so. Uh, if it's not for the Eternals, I do hope it's for something, because um, man, she's awesome. Especially like, I mean, I, I, I've, you know, obviously been a fan since the first season of Stranger Things. So this most recent season of Stranger Things, I think she like really kind of took it up a notch, like took it to another level, um, you know, it, it, as far as her acting, um, and and honestly, like pretty much all of them did. Um, they're really kind of getting in, into. Um, getting into the feel of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would absolutely love for her to, you know, have a role in, in one of these MCU movies, um, you know, whether it's the Eternals or, or whether it's a, you know, different project or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get some kind of announcement, um, uh, you know, next week and then, you know, we can kind of go from there. Um, and if we don't, um, you know, again, that doesn't necessarily mean, um, that we won't get uh, an announcement later this year, um, you know, at um, uh, uh, D, what is it, D10, D, no, the, the Disney what, convention. San Diego? Oh, D23. Thank you, D23. Um, so, like, I was about to say D12, and I was like, I know that's not a D10, no, nah. D12, uh, 23. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, yeah, so uh, I, I, I definitely um, – Hope that in one of these we'll, we'll get a we'll get an announcement, and I would assume if we do, you know, her denying it was just you know per uh, her con- contractual agreement with Disney. Right. I mean, I think people are so used to Tom Holland, uh, one being young, and two just telling us everything that they assume <laughs> all young people tell us everything. No, no, you're not supposed to. Is <laughs> the point. That is Marvel's point to Tom Holland every time. He goes somewhere. That's why I don't know if you guys noticed, but every um, interview he does is usually with an adult, mainly so that adult can go, hey, 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 shut up. No, don't say that. Like, <laughs> you can't say that, man. Like, stop. Um, I think. That's yeah, I wonder adorable, if they like the pull, pull whoever like, you know, hey Benedict. Like, we know like pressers can get like annoying and like you got a hundred things on your mind and everything, but like. You please, you know, just make sure you keep Tom in check on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is like... literally one interview where uh, Cumberbatch is literally telling him, like, shut up, hey, hey, yeah, hey, shut, shut up, shut dude. up. <laughs> like, shut your mouth. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to come slap him. 
that was literally it's a classic still, interview where he's it's like, dude, shut up. They yeah. sent a babysitter top, pretty much with Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't top Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo, though. Like, <laughs> that was classic. He's like, everyone dies. And he's like, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. And he's like, well, you did. <laughs> like, you already said it. <laughs> And it's funny because, like, when you, li- when you remember listening to it the year that movie came out, it kind of just felt like not everyone's going to die. Like, this is full right. of Right. Like, yeah, they're just fucking with us. And then right. we get to the end of the movie, and it's like, oh, Mark, come on, man. Like, are you serious? <laughs> it made it hurt worse because you're telling yourself there's no way that could be true. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, man, this sucks. Um, but, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. We got some more news. Uh, Storm Reed uh, has been cast as Idris Elba's daughter in the Suicide Squad movie. Um, this tells me nothing because there's like eight characters that were in the Suicide Squad that have daughters. So, I mean, hearing this only makes me upset because I'm like, it, it could be, you know, Deadshot, but we know that's not the case. It could be Slade because he does have a daughter, but we know that's not the case. So, I mean, it's literally starting to just feel like, who knows? Um, <laughs> Nick. I know who you would like to see him, uh, uh, Idris Elba, play. But what are your yeah. thoughts on uh, Storm Reed cast as uh, possibly his daughter in the Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, it's all good, dude. Just, like, tell me who the fuck he's playing for me to get excited about this. Like, that's that's that's, that's pretty fucking important. And, I, like, I still don't know why we haven't heard yet. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, you would think that we would know by now. Um, especially since they're not doing Comic Con this year, um, like, it, like I, I, it would kind of make sense to me if we we didn't get, you know, confirmation on it, you know, at, at this point in time, if if we knew they were going to be doing Comic Con, but like, um, are, like, are they really going to like hold off and like wait until next year's Comic Con to fucking announce this shit? Like, because um, I mean, the movie comes out in 2021, so I guess they could do that, but. Like damn, dude. Like yeah, for me to get like any for me to gain any more excitement about this movie, um, which I am very excited for. But for me to get like any more excited, I gotta know who uh, Idris Elba's playing. Like I just gotta fucking know. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. The good and bad thing of it is, bad thing is we probably will have to wait until after San Diego Comic Con to get full mm-hmm. castings on the Batman, Suicide Squad, um, stuff like that. Good news for me and Tia, um, is a lot of this casting stuff could be at New York Comic Con uh, this year. I mean, we would assume assume (laughs) Birds of Prey, since it comes out in February, they would be there um, for October. I mean, because you want to promote it. So, I mean, I would assume you would go to that that convention. Um, So that's the good and the bad. But to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is the good and bad of, of being in the know. He's like, oh, I know some of these castings, but the one I really want to know, you refuse to tell me. And it's like, <laughs> just say it. Like, I, I don't know what the, the holdup is. Just come out and say this is who he's playing, and then it's over. Um, but, no, these superhero movies are, love to just be, uh, you know, shrouded in secrecy for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, Tia, uh, what are your thoughts on Storm Reed? Uh, am I saying it right? Cause Oh, no. You know what I keep thinking of? Stormy Daniels. That's what I think I keep saying. And I'm like, that, that's, not, that's not who's in the movie. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. I'm not saying that. 
Yeah, that'd be, she's, I'm, that'd be a tough I'm sitting in my He's just Elvis' daughter. Because <laughs> I'm sitting in my head, and I'm like, I keep saying Storm Reed, uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, I'm saying it right, and then I'm like, no, it's Storm Reed. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but, yeah, not Stormy Daniels. Storm Reed, Tia, your thoughts on her being uh, in Suicide Squad, possibly as Idris Elba's daughter. I will say really quick that if DC is at New York Comic Con, I want an interview with Joel Kinnaman and Idris Elba. So just keep that in mind, all right, Juan? Like, make it happen. I will, we know, I will say we know this, that you're Tia, the magic maker. <laughs> I will say this. They don't have enough handcuffs, mace, or tasers to keep me away from Idris Elba. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. We will be, we will be talking to if that's even remotely possible. Um, and they do go there. That will be the first one I'm applying for uh, to try to get an interview with. But I'm I'm almost a thousand percent sure it will end in them either, like I said, tasering me, arresting me, or macing me. But I'm ready for all three, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Joanne's gonna, Joanne's gonna, Joanne's gonna be um, that scene, uh, what you might call it, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, who just kept getting restraining orders from like Stanley and like all the other like big names. That's gonna be Joanne at some point. But I'm sorry, I'm getting <laughs> off topic here. Uh, so Storm Reed uh, possibly casts Idris Elba's daughter. I kind of thought that the news was hilarious. Not about Storm Reed because she's an up and coming uh, young actress, and it's great that she would be in a DC project, especially one that's helmed by James Dunn. But the fact that they're like, as his daughter, okay, but who's Idris Elba? Why are they just so reluctant to tell us who he is? It almost makes me feel like they don't even know. They just know that they want to bring Idris Elba in, but they're like, who are we going to make him? Uh, it just, it's really strange to me um, that they kind of announced this without even giving us who he is. And I don't understand why they're so secretive about who he's playing because we pretty much know a lot of who everyone's playing in the Suicide Squad, but not possibly one of the biggest names that's going to be in that movie. So, I mean, it's great that uh, she could be, you know, cast um, and playing that role. Hopefully we'll see a nice amount of her in the movie because she is very talented. Um, but I just really at first want to know who Idris Elba is playing. Yeah, see, that's why I keep thinking. And, again, Joel tells me I do this all the time, so I very, very likely could be doing it right now, uh, which is looking too much into something. But the fact that, like, think of it like this. And, Nick, I'll speak to you uh, more specifically because I know you would like to see him be this character. If he's Bronze Tiger, I, I, don't, I don't get what the, the weight is just to reveal that he's Bronze right. Tiger. Just say he's Bronze Tiger. Like, the fact right. that you're making me wait makes me think you're recasting it, whether that's Joe Manganiello's role that you're recasting or you're recasting Will Smith's role. That's the only, only other two things I can think of. Or he's someone that you're completely recreating. Like, you're, you're creating a new character for the Suicide Squad which I don't think would make any sense, um, but it just makes no sense that you're you're holding on to this so tightly. If he's Bronze Tiger, just say it. Like, I mean, all right, cool, he's Bronze Tiger, let's move on. But the fact that you're holding it, it makes it seem like he is someone very important, and he could possibly be a recasting. And again, uh, I could be saying this because I want him to be Slade. Yeah, I, I, I won't knock that. Um, but I, to me, it's just like you're hiding it for what? I mean, to be fair, we don't know anyone. We don't know who uh, who's casted as who. 
So, I mean, they're hiding everything, but to me it's just it, it's stupid. Just say who everyone is so we can move on. Uh, but speaking of moving on, let us do that. And I wanted to make sure we had enough time to talk about this. Nick, I know me and you wanted to definitely talk about this. Um, and it's uh, the next big thing, HBO Max. Uh, they have an upcoming streaming service featuring exclusive originals and best of the best from Warner Media portfolio. So that's, uh, I believe, your CW, that's your Cartoon Network, that's your TNT, that's anything Warner Brothers has its name on will be there. And they just put in a bid to get friends from Netflix, so they have that also. And they will be giving us um, brand-new shows. I know one of them is a skit show produced by Ethan Ray that looks really, really, really funny. Um, Nick, my question to you is less about this app, but you can definitely speak to that. My, my bigger question to you is how soon will um, uh, streaming services take over actual cable television? Ooh, um, probably my guess would be sooner than a lot of people think, um, Mm -hmm. simply because, I mean, that's just the the trend that all younger, that's how all younger people are consuming most of their content now. Um, so, you know, as, as that, you know, if that trend continues to grow, which I have no reason to think it won't. Um, I think eventually that's the kind of thing you're going to see. Um, but you know what's funny? I almost wonder if, like, if at some point you'll reach the point where you have so many different streaming services that, like, you're paying so much to get all these various streaming services that, like, you know, at some point in time, is it even is it like more selective? Per, like so to speak, where you you don't have to pay for like the whole streaming service, but like maybe you can pay for Stranger Things and you can pay for um, like other various uh, uh, like shows or, or whatever content that you want to consume, and put that all under one roof, all under one app, and then we're basically right back to cable. <laughs> like um, yeah. so, like it's cyclical, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it's going to continue to evolve, uh, and I mean I think. I just think eventually it will um, it'll kind of uh, max out where it's going as far as the various streaming services, and then we'll get back into having a thing that is actually more like traditional cable. Um, and you know, it'll be funny when we're like seventy uh, or sixty or whatever, and talking to our kids or grandkids or whatever, and and you know, we're like, yeah, this is like how it used to be back in the day. There was this, you know, there was cable, and they're like, what? What the fuck's that? And then like you explain what cable is and they're like that's what we got now and i was like yeah but we had to go through all this shit to get back to something that was like cable um (laughs) i think i think there will be evolutions to it um in in that regard um as far as this new streaming service uh i'm pretty excited for it i um like i mean i'm definitely going to obviously want to have hbo um and and their um their content um you know, at all times, because even though Game of Thrones is over, we're getting the Game of Thrones prequel. There's a ton of other great shows on there. There's some great classics. Like, I never get tired of going back and, like, watching The Wire again. Um, there's still some old HBO shows that I still need to watch. Um, like, I, I still haven't seen all of The Sopranos. So, you know, there are 
Um, there's just so much content there. Um, and then you add in this other content that they're going to have. Um, it'll be interesting to see. My big question is, like, with TNT, um, are they going to have this set up like Hulu where you can watch the live TNT NBA broadcast? Um, or is it going to be, like, just TNT's, like, shows? Because um, I, there, I mean, there's some TNT shows that I like. Um, Animal Kingdom's a pretty good show, um, mm-hmm. but like, like if if you're gonna be doing this, like the big selling point to me would be, all right, dude, like give me some fucking live like TNT basketball NBA basketball games, and like yeah, then I'll gladly pay the extra amount um, to get this additional um, content because that'll be the big thing that I want. But if not. It, it, you know, if I can get HBO now for ten bucks less a month or whatever, probably going to go that route because that's where the majority of the content that I want is. Um, and I haven't heard whether this is going to replace HBO now, um, or if it's just going to be something to get more content. Um, I don't even know if they've made that decision yet. Um, but that's you know that's my big question right now. Like, are they going to um, make that transition? Which seems to be if you were going to pick a sport. Um, that would really like lean into this sort of transition uh, of, of new age consumption. It would be the NBA that is proven to be not this like rigid. Um, well, this is the way we've always done it, so this is the way we're going to do it. Um, that's more, much more NFL, Major League Baseball. Um, I would think you know your your various um, like the NBA and potentially potentially hockey. Um, and, and definitely soccer would be the sports that would really kind of um, push their chips in on this uh, and, and, you know, see, see where they can go with it. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're setting it up where it's still going to be technically like a TNT broadcast that you're just like airing live through this app, um, then, you know, I, I feel like that is a, a, a nice little way to step around um, – so many young people who love to follow the sport not having uh, traditional cable, um, you know, but maybe also don't want to pay for a league pass. Um, but maybe they would they would have this, and it would be a, a, a yet another new way for them to consume the the sports content that they want to, but also like not necessarily stepping on the toes of the cable companies, a la TNT, because that would all be worked into. Um, you know, all going to the same spot uh, as far as revenue is concerned. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it brings um, it, it definitely brings up a lot of questions for me, and I'm excited to see um, like what all uh, you know this, this this new streaming service may contain. Well, the the thing with basketball is what's going to be hard is that it, it's so split. Because remember, half is TNT, half is ABC. Um, mm-hmm. and ABC is your direct rival, so they're going to tell you no. I'm <laughs> like, no. Um, but you own TNT. I don't think they Brothers. can control. I don't think they can control. No, no, no. they can't TNT control TNT. No, right. No, no, no. no. They can't control that. I think the bigger thing would be the NBA's in viewing it as a whole, like as a whole, instead of just oh, doing sure. it for TNT. Let's try to do it for everything. Um, but yeah, but imagine your. Imagine you can get like, imagine you can get TNT via that way, um, and it's wildly successful. Like, you, like their ratings go up because of it. And I, I get it's it's harder to track those kinds of ratings. Um, mm-hmm. 
But if it if it spikes considerably, I think they would be able to tell. Um, and it, if it were to do that, I think it would kind of put um, you know ABC, ESPN, which is owned by Disney, um, right. kind of in the same boat. Like, damn, dude, like maybe we should start thinking about putting like some of this stuff on Disney Plus. Um, or you know, Hulu already has live sports. I don't know um, like what the um, parameters of that is, but I know that like that's partly owned by Disney. So maybe they would up their game and show more games on that. Um, so, but like if you could have like those two apps, you could have Hulu and this streaming service, and pretty much watch any regular scheduled um, NBA game, uh, nationally televised NBA game. Um, like that's that's going to be fucking great for the league. And I, I think it's, it would be once again, Adam Silver, like getting ahead um, of the competition. Well, here's, here's the big thing. Now I'm going to pass it to you, too, so you have enough time to talk about the DC angle. Um, I think what we could see, Nick, to your point, is um, maybe one day Warner Brothers going like, hey, Adam Silver, uh, this game is being um, broadcasted over in um, London or whatever for, like, a special game. Uh, do you mind if we put this on, you know, our app um, since it's a TNT game? Or usually they do Martin Luther King uh, games on TNT. So using something like that, putting it on the app, and then seeing it. The only issue that you run into is once you start it, Everyone, because the way a lot of people watch, uh, let me let me be more specific, Nick. The way that a lot of this youth watches sports a lot of the time is they look for highlights. So once the game is over, they go on Instagram, they go on Twitter, right. and they see what the big highlights were. So they don't really yeah. sit through a full game. So it's like if you're telling me it's right, not an but app, that, like, but, right, but my question would be, is that because they don't really have interest in sitting down and watching a whole game, or is it because they don't have access to watch it um, until they, you know, until they, you know, get a post of the highlights? Because um, that would be my my big question. I don't have the answer to it. I, I mean, it's no, I, I, question. I don't either. But I will say it's kind of split because if you watch, if you watch when you're watching basketball on TV and they show like the kids sitting courtside or, or sitting a little behind, there's quite a few of them that are kind of looking at their phones, not really paying much attention uh, to the game. Not a large portion, obviously, or not all, rather. Um, right. But to me, in 2019, there's a way to, to get to anything. So I would never say they don't watch it because they don't have the ability to. There's always a way to. Um, hey man, they, they they took NBA Reddit down, man. We're we're fucking desperate right now. Like we gotta fucking find better ways. Like I, I'm not trying to go through some <laughs> Russian website to watch NBA games. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm with you, but I'm saying in in 2019, for example, Dane was was saying he was watching two wrestling events last night, and Joel goes, "Well, where?" And then like 10 minutes later, Joel's like, "Oh, never mind, I found it." I can almost guarantee you, Joel didn't pay for it. However, he watched it. So it's like in 2019, it's not difficult to find a way to watch something, especially because NBA and NFL are free. You just have to find a way to watch it. Um, so I think if kids aren't watching sports, it's because they don't necessarily want to. And I think that's more towards football than it is towards basketball because basketball is more entertaining uh, than the NFL. Um, but to me, if you put it on an app to where it's kind of like I don't necessarily have to be in front of my television, like I can maybe just glance at it on my phone or whatever, um, but it's going to be very hard to kind of track those numbers in sport, uh, for sports. 
Uh, just the same way that it's like with Netflix saying Stranger Things broke all these records, it's like okay, right. but I want to see your I want to see your generic numbers. I want to see your day to day from when it came out to about a right. week later. What your numbers were? I don't want you to give me the oh it did broke this record. No 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 no. What are your actual numbers? Um, right. They conveniently that, release that data as like right. at their at their. Um, uh, at their leisure, like they they don't, right. obviously don't do it for everything, and and from everything that I've heard, we have no way of refuting it or confirming it. No, so. no way at all. And it's good for them. It's good publicity. Why? Because a lot of people who are like, I I you know I've never really gotten into Stranger Things, but if it broke these records, like what about it makes everyone watch it? Let me go watch it. Now you're attributing right. to their numbers. So to me, it's it's never a bad thing that comes out of you uh, flaunting your numbers because there's no way for me to disprove it. And it sometimes piques interest from other people to go in and see what the hype is about. So to me, sure. numbers are, in that sense, usually overrated. Um, so it'll be hard to track that for sports because right now they're having trouble tracking it just off television. It, it, it's just difficult because sometimes people take games and then go back and watch it. So, I mean, right. do you count that against your live stream? Like, it, it's just hard. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off. I'm completely with you, Nick. Uh, it is the new way to go because just streaming services are the way to go. I think what you're going to have to do if you're a streaming service is find a way to group it. Like this Warner Media is grouping so much. So it's not like, oh, man, it's only this one specific thing. Like, no, it's so much. I don't have to search. Just like when Disney comes out, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that we watch is Disney. So it's like I can just go there for it. I don't have to worry about going different places. It's in one avenue. So you just have to make sure that if we get 30 streaming services, they all can provide an unlimited amount of content. Because if you can't, it's going to literally come down to maybe Warner Media and Disney um, with Netflix on the outside looking in. Um, so, I mean, but streaming is definitely where this world is. Thea, um, sorry. I want to go to you. You had a point to make about the about DC also, but your thoughts um, on uh, the Warner Media uh, streaming service. Well, I did want to say that really quick, it is my conspiracy that with all of these uh, streaming services coming out, that somehow, all right, so you have uh, cable, right, which could run your bill pretty high, um, and if people are getting rid of that to maybe pay 30 bucks a month with, you know, maybe three streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, and some other thing, right? They're losing money. They have to figure out how to make that money back. So come out with a million different streaming services. And as Nick said, eventually it's going to even out and we're going to have cable again somehow. So right. uh, I just wanted to make that point really quick that, um, you know, companies don't want to lose money and they certainly don't want people to just say, well, I'm not going to watch cable anymore. Everything I need is on about three apps and I pay like half of what I would pay for cable every month. So Definitely until want to throw that fucking, out there. Until they Sorry, fucking pilfer Netflix and take Friends in the office, and before we know it, it'll be Parks and Rec and every fucking other show that we always watch on there. Well, it's funny you say that because the thing I was concerned about, because with uh, HBO Max, they're bringing on all of the CW shows, and I'm a big fan of iZombie, and I know that it's ending this season. Actually, in August will be the last episode, but I get that on Netflix. So it's a, since that is technically a CW show, I'm assuming it's going to move over to HBO Max. So I'm going to have to get HBO Max at this point as well. Right. Um, 
And uh, Netflix must be just really sitting there wondering what the hell they're going to do because they lost their Marvel. They're losing all of their DC stuff because that's what primarily the CW shows are. Um, iZombie is uh, DC Vertigo. But they're losing a lot of shit, Friends, The Office. If they lose Park and, Parks and Rec, they're going to be like, holy shit, what do we do? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I did want to make a point really quick. I mean, to Joan in a private messenger that for now, reports are saying that DC University app is safe. It will not be absorbed by HBO Max, so it will continue to exist on its own. Um, for how long that will be, there's no telling. That's not saying that this is going to be forever, but Doom Patrol, Titans, um, and any other show that they're moving forward with are is going to remain on the DC Universe app, and that's going to remain intact for now. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it's one of those things where it's kind of just like um, if you're Netflix, you have to focus on original content. And your original content has been flipping. Black Mirror, um, to me, hasn't really been that good lately. Um, whether it's Bandersnatch uh, or how, how do you All went down with that with, shit. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it just it hasn't been. That was been terrible, man. I got yeah, fucking bored with it. I was like, I, I was like, I made, I made the wrong option like twice, and it sent me back, and I was like, fuck this, dude. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I mean, so to me, um, it, it just hasn't been that great. I think they do have good content. Um, she and, and, and myself just watched, um, we'll be revealing that soon, just watched the Frank Grillo, um, Anthony Mackie movie, um, Point Blank, I think it's called. Um, Point Blank. We both enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. Um, wasn't the greatest, but it was not bad. Um, but they just need to have more home runs. And if you're, yeah. if you're hoping on Black Mirror and Stranger Things to carry you, I would tell you, you should probably quit now. Um, well, because... Disney... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, because first of all, if it's true that Stranger Things is going to end after its fourth season, then that's done. And as you guys just said, Black Mirror has not been good lately. I really only like Smithereens because I think that Andrew Scott is a fantastic actor and he did a really good performance. But besides mm-hmm. that, the season was incredibly weak. Bandersnatch, to me, didn't really hit the nail on the head. And honestly, season four wasn't that great. You had, like, USS Callister, which was good. But besides that, I didn't think that it was very strong. So going on what you're saying, Juwan, the two originals that people really gravitate towards Netflix for aren't going to be around that much longer. When didn't they yeah. – wasn't there a report recently saying that they were cutting back on their original content? I think it was more yeah, their, after, like, original movies. After but, um, Triple Frontier came out and was just obliterated by reviews, myself included, um, it uh, – yeah, they said <laughs> – I think they said that they're going to cut back spending maybe on just the movies because their shows aren't bad – it's and most of the time they're very good, but it's their movies that always just seem to have that typical Netflix feel, and it's not a compliment. Yeah, well, I, I mean, to I, me, I didn't think that. I'm sorry, just real quick. I didn't think no, it was terrible. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it, Triple Frontier. I didn't think it was great either. I was I was slightly underwhelmed uh, with you know uh, given the 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 cast that they had put together. Um, but I mean, they did they did obviously have success with Roma. Um, and so like right. having that win best picture, um, 
like I would I would think that maybe they're going to kind of um, try to do more stuff like that, even though that might not get you um, it may not get you the huge numbers that you want. It's going to be a lot cheaper to make, um, and so maybe those numbers aren't as significant. Um, and if it keeps you in that conversation of like um, making very like high quality films. Um, like maybe maybe that's a direction they can go. I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing here, but no. I mean, you you make a valid point, but if you're Netflix, you have to you have to really dig deep. And, and the reason why right. is Apple Apple has its own streaming service, and they went for all the big names they could find. Um, like them having Oprah already puts them in the lead. Like I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Oprah is literally magic. Um, so it's like <laughs> that puts them in the lead. And then they went out and got some of the biggest names they could find uh, through Hollywood. And if these shows are good, because uh, if anything, Triple Frontier told us that talent isn't everything because you could have talent and it still not be a great movie. Um, so if these shows from Apple are really good, that's your competition. Disney already is going to be at least a, a light year ahead of you purely off of just its, its, um, its catalog. Like its, its back catalog um, is going to be ahead of you. Um, and then you bring in the new shows, stuff like that. They're going to have a, a step forward. And then with Warner Media, I'm pretty sure um, they're going to start developing all their own original content, original movies. They're going to be a step ahead. Because think of it like this. If you're Netflix, your biggest claim to fame is not your original content, is not your original movies. It's me being able to go, you know what? I'd really love to sit back and watch all of The Office. Up oh, after a few years, can't do that. You know what? I want to sit back and watch Friends. Up oh, can't do that. So it's like you're losing all of the things that made you uh, as special as you are. Because Stranger Things and Black Mirror were recent in like the past five years. Mm -hmm. You started off of me being able to go, man, I could watch The Office like all of the seasons. I could watch all of American Dad, all of Family Guy, all of Simpsons. And then you progressively began to lose all of those things. So it's like you're losing what made you so special. And now you're hoping that original content can carry you but it's been shown it can't. So if you're Netflix, you got to find something big. We said this before, find the superhero franchise, market off of that. Let that be what helps carry, uh, what helps carry you. Um, well, and then, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're doing like the Miller verse. So they have that moving forward. I say, be careful with that. The Miller verse, you starting with, I think it's, what is it? Uh, Cause Joel was, raving about this it's uh something it's it's some character that people have been waiting to see just be careful with it because it's a huge risk a huge risk um i would say high reward but we don't know yet um so just if you're netflix man start talking to these big name directors start talking to these, these big name writers and actors start getting them to you know pitch new stuff for you because it, it's not going to look good two years from now it, it just really is um, but all right, did you guys have anything else to add on this before we move on? No, nah, I'm good. All right, let's talk about a topic I'm pretty sure both of you could care less about, but I'm very passionate about. Um, in a Reddit <laughs> AMA, um, Power Rangers star Baker Montgomery uh, mm-hmm. indicated Hasbro is planning to reboot the film and plans to cast new actors. Uh, quote, I think there is a movie in the works, but it's not with me in the cast, so yes, but not with us, unquote. That is heartbreaking. I really did enjoy that movie. It pulled on the nostalgia for me. Um, I thought the cast wasn't given a good enough script 
Um, and these aren't necessarily Oscar-nominated actors. So it's like if your script's not good, I, I don't know what you really want these kids to do. Um, so I, I didn't think they were given a fair shake. I think if you got a better director, got a better script, this is a really good cast. I thought it was a really good cast. Um, so it breaks my heart, but I did have a recast in mind, but I'll wait for you guys to give your thoughts. Um, Nick, I will go to you first. Uh, I remember you weren't that sold on the first movie, um, but how do you feel about the idea of them recasting? And the rumor is, Nick, they could be looking to go younger for their recasting of this new Power Rangers reboot. We want to get that Stranger Things money. <laughs> That's what this Unfortunately, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, um... I wasn't super huge on on Power Rangers. Um, it just didn't didn't really grab me. Um, I I didn't really catch the nostalgia factor, and I did watch Power Rangers as a kid. Um, I, like I remember, um, not I don't know. It's fuck now. It's probably been like seven years or something. Um, but I remember like rewatching the the um, Power Rangers movie <laughs> like in 2012, and, yes. or maybe oh. even 2010. And just being like, oh, oh my god, this is horrible. Like this is fucking <laughs> horrible. The the one with Ivan Ooze. Um, oh no, so, that like, was it's, in the it's 90s. way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 Power Rangers the movie. That oh, one. you're saying you were um, watching it? You were watching it recently in the past few years. Yeah, well, like seven eight years ago now. Um, oh, okay. So like this this reboot was way better than that. You know, like. Um, but but like still I don't know it just it didn't really grab me I just was like yeah whatever um, but uh, you know as far as them like you know rebooting it whatever I mean it seems it seems a little early um, I would like if I was them like I would totally be looking at this situation like all right well we have Elizabeth Banks we have Brian Cranston. Um, like names that people recognize, um, and you know now we have another name that people recognize in Dacre Montgomery, um, you know because of how he took off with Stranger Things. Um, like yeah, maybe maybe keep this and stuff Naomi together. Scott from Aladdin and Naomi Scott, yeah, good good call. Um, like I mean, obviously Aladdin um, is is you know something that that gave her more clout, and then she's going to be in the new Charlie's Angels movie too, I believe. Um, yeah. So like. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like it would it would make sense to me to be like, well, like now these people are starting to make names for themselves. If you if you if you had them signed on, like I would I would be like, all right, it's time to come back and like honor that contract. Um, we're we're gonna you know make something. We're 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 gonna keep keep rolling with it. Um, that would just make more sense to me. I don't know why you wouldn't go that route. Um, like if you do want to you know, continue making these movies. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe the, their incomes weren't fixed. Uh, maybe a, a lot of the stuff in their contracts, maybe they have good agents and they, you know, um, put some provisions in there where they would have to pay them a lot more. Um, you know, if, if, you know, they were to bring, um, I don't know, more eyes to it because of, you know, establishing themselves within Hollywood. I don't know, um, but it, it just it doesn't seem to jive to me that you would want um, to to not continue with these actors and actresses who like have established themselves now 
um, as like big up and coming names. I don't know. It, it, it it's just kind of weird. Yeah, and making them younger is just to me. I hate the formula that that just because something is successful, we have to now cater to it. Um, whether right. that being Logan works, so now everyone wants to do the the old the old uh, the old retired guy that now has to watch over this kid he doesn't necessarily want that now falls for the kid. Like no, it worked for Logan. L- let it rest there. Like Stranger Things worked for Stranger Things. Let it rest there. Like you making Ghostbusters kids is just like, all right, cool. I'm I'm gonna give it a shot, but it's like you didn't have to make them kids. <laughs> I, I I don't get it. And it's like now you trying to make Power Rangers younger. Weren't they supposed to be high schoolers? How much younger are you trying to get? They're middle schoolers? Like, I, 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 I don't get it. I really don't. And to me, like I said, you giving them that movie a sequel, especially you giving it to Green Ranger, um, Jason David Frank is like, he's the most active ex-Power Ranger I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, people would have really, you know, lobbied for a Green Ranger, and I think they would have supported the sequel. It just had to have been a good movie. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. You want to reboot it? Cool. We'll see what you can do with it. But if this doesn't work, it's just like you're not meant to do Power Ranger movies, unfortunately. Um, and by the way, Nick, I love Ivan Ooze. That is a That is a classic. That is a throwback. That is very campy, but I loved it. Um, and it was hilarious. So Ivan Ooze was hilarious. It was one it's of those so, so bad. bad. To me, I think I watched it when I was maybe six or seven. Yeah, so which is, it's fine when you're six or seven. I'm just telling you, when you watch it when you're like 22, 23, however old I was, like it was like, holy shit, I cannot believe I watched this. I cannot believe I made my parents and like brothers like watch this shit when I was a kid. Like, God You know what? It, it comes on TV later tonight on Stars. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see if I feel the same about it. I really love yeah. it. I'm going to see if I feel the same about it. They were snow, <laughs> not snowboarding, but they were, like, jumping out of a, a plane on, like, snow. There's just so much I thought was cool about that movie. But anyway, Tia, <laughs> your thoughts on reasoning uh, powering? I'm sorry. Uh, could you just repeat the how you worded that question? My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. Your thoughts on uh rebooting Power Rangers and the idea of making these characters now younger? Oh, you know, I, like, to me, there's very few things that work with, like, say, really young kids involved, right? Like, Stranger Things was great. But I don't, like, maybe this is just my age. I don't really want to necessarily see, like, a bunch of, like, young kids involved in that like I don't see what really the reason is for they felt very freaking young in the new Power Rangers movie granted I didn't see the new Power Rangers movie um but after watching Stranger Things and the you know seeing uh Docker Montgomery and his acting ability it is kind of sad that he won't get the chance to come back and reprise that role but I don't know um you guys can tell me. I don't remember what the reaction was for the new Power Rangers movie, if it was positive or negative, but if it was, it was negative meh. enough of a re- I'm sorry? It was meh. Like, oh, okay. like, there were some people who liked it, some people who were like, yeah, it wasn't that good. Like, it didn't get shit on, but it didn't get praise either. Okay, yeah. So to me, it's like they – probably saw that and they're like all right if this was the reaction why are we even going to try to 
come back and redo this, or I mean, not redo this, move forward with the same cast and do another storyline. Let's just reboot it, start fresh, and hopefully we can get it right this time. That's kind of how it feels like. But um, I guess just it's it's weird when they want to go like that young. What what really is the need? to do that, um, in my opinion. So I guess that's really all I have to say on the subject. Um, I was never really the biggest Power Rangers fan. I'm sorry, bad well, nerd, I know. <laughs> well, no, as, as Joelle reminded me, they are called teens with, with attitude. I, I assume that, that that's what they were being called. Um, so it's like they were, high, they were in high school. Um, now, what year of high school? I, I don't know. They all look like they were, you know, they're all adults. So it's like, I mean, it's really hard to make them seem like they were freshmen or sophomore. Um, but to me, it's like you making them younger. Why? I mean, sometimes it does work. We've seen Spider-Man older. Um, and then you bring in Tom Holland and it works. But to me, I think it also has something to do with maybe the movies were just better. Um, like maybe they were just better movies. Now, wherever you are on the spectrum of, of your preference on your, your Spider-Man movies, doesn't matter. I'm just saying maybe that's one of the things that helps. Um, but anyway, it's just ridiculous. I I, I hate uh, Hasbro. But anyway, Nick, I want to go to a, a topic that I know is important to you, and I wanted to make sure we, we got on this. Sean Favreau reveals The Mandalorian Season 2 is Ooh. already under development. How does that make you feel, Nick? And what are you expecting for this first season? Because we're not going to get into the second season because we don't even know what we saw in the first season. What are you expecting uh, in the first season of The Mandalorian? Well, I saw a little teaser. I don't know if you saw it. It was like uh, like like shaky uh, camera phone footage, um, but uh, it you know it it just basically had like shots of Pedro walking around in the Mandalorian suit, uh, and walking into like a little cantina, um, and then you know had various people. Um, uh, I think I, I actually I think it was just um, <clears throat> Pedro Pascal and uh, John Favreau talking about the upcoming series and like just the the little ins and outs of it and all of that kind of stuff. Um, sorry, I got a plane flying ahead of me. It's great to live in the city. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, so that got me super hyped. I I was uh, I was you know already like really looking forward to it. But like just seeing like seeing the armor and like um, seeing how kind of enthused that like Favreau is to be on this project and um, seeing you know Pascal obviously be you know so enthused to be playing this character. Um, not to mention, um, I don't know how I missed this, but Taika Waititi is directing some of the episodes. Like that's fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean that all of that's got me hyped. The fact that they've already um, you know, basically started on season two means that they're really confident that it's going to be a, a big success and that they feel like they have something really good on their hands. So, like, that makes me really excited. Like, usually, you know, they'll wait until, like, it drops and at least, like, you know, like a week or so to kind of gauge what the reaction is and everything else. Like, they feel like they got a home run on their hands here. Um, so, like, I, I'm super pumped for it. I love Pedro Pascal. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they do with this character. Um, and, you know, from what, what Favreau was saying, you know, he's basically, you know, obviously this takes place about, five, I think, five years after Return of the Jedi, Outer Rim, 
um, with this bounty hunter character who's just kind of, we, when we start out um, the series, we're just kind of following him doing his normal day-to-day bounty hunter shit. Um, and it seems like, he didn't say this, but it seems like he gets caught up in something um, bigger than himself, which is kind of that classic Star Wars um, thing that, that, you know, seems to happen to, to most of our protagonists. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm super fucking pumped for it. Can't wait to watch the first season. Um, and really happy that, you know, it's already, the second season is already a go. Yeah, and I I think we discussed Taika Waititi, uh, Nick, because we were we were saying how um, I must have just forgot. Yeah, because uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name right now. Di- Dal- uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas. Dallas uh, yeah, she's also directing um, a few episodes, also. Yeah. Yeah, so we definitely had the, had the conversation because um, I think we were saying how cool it was for Taika to be involved because we did enjoy what he did with uh, Ragnarok. So it was going to be cool to see, uh, and I think we discussed how cool it was that they have multiple showrunners for the um, for this season. Like it's good well, to have directors, multiple directors, Favre's right? The, right. Yeah, Favreau is the showrunner. Right. Um, it's it, it's good because you can get different takes, and if they're all passionate right. about it, it should make for one great season of The Mandalorian. Um, right. But, yeah, we, we should be getting a full-length trailer at San Diego. Um, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, D23, the latest, but we should have it well before the summer's over. Um, so we'll have yeah. something to actually geek out about. Because it starts up in October, the app, I believe. So I don't see why they would wait to give us a trailer to start getting this hype for stuff. Um, right. But, yeah, the fact that he's already working on season two is usually a really good thing. Um, so I'm confident that I'll enjoy the uh, season one. Um, but Tia, what are your thoughts about, um, or what are you looking forward to in season one of The Mandalorian? Uh, <laughs> are you looking forward to season one of The Mandalorian? <laughs> Do you care at all about Star Wars? No, not really. I, 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 haven't, even, I haven't even watched like the past three movies, but um. I See, will say she, she doesn't like she doesn't like little kids in movies, and the Phantom Menace just fucking ruined it for her. She's she saw that and was like, "I'm out. I'm not doing this." Um, I I will say though, I like the Star Wars prequel movies, so maybe I don't know, but um, it it definitely attests, by the way, that Disney is super confident in this show and really like what they were seeing um, from the first season is they've already said that they're in, you know, that they're developing a second season. And John Favreau is just so wildly talented. I just uh, went and saw Lion King and I'm just in awe of like what he can do. So it's just great that he's just providing more for Disney. And I'm hoping that those who are fans of Star Wars are just going to enjoy it and get everything out of it that they wanted to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, there's even why this exists. I, I have no idea, but there's now even a petition to have John Favreau direct the Fantastic Four. Um, it just seems like any and everything Disney is looking to launch, Favreau is, is, is the face of it, like, you want to do your MCU, he does Iron Man. You want to do uh, Disney animated movies, turn turn live action, he does Jungle Book. Now you want to do Disney TV, sh- uh, Disney Star Wars TV shows, 
live action. He does the Mandalorian. It just seems like Disney understands Favreau is how you start. Like you might, you might, you know, from Favreau kind of go rocky, but you start Favreau, everything's good. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, why people are petitioning him to direct Fantastic Four? I, I don't know. Maybe he said he wanted to. Maybe that's where it's coming from. I don't know. People just have petitions, just to have petitions. But um, but yeah, no. I'm really excited. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just gonna say people may have lost faith on actually getting a decent Fantastic Four movie after the last one. And they saw what he did for Iron Man and what he did for the beginning of the MCU and figured that he would be the perfect person to usher in a good Fantastic Four for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, but bringing back Favreau is like the same mindset that people have. Have the Russos direct every Marvel movie? No, I want new faces. I want to see someone that maybe I've never heard of come in and direct a Fantastic Four. Like, just because we know Favreau is usually the the road to success does not mean he should be the one you go to. Give other people a, a chance. Give, give someone else an opportunity. Maybe there might be a Russo Brothers just waiting on the wings to be brought in. Like, remember how everyone, when the Russo right. Brothers did Winter Soldier? Who are those guys? They only did comedies. It's like, but now the Winter Soldier is revered as one of the, the best MCU movies. So this is why you give other people a chance. Um, so yeah, no, I don't need Favreau. Like if he, if he does it, great, but give someone else a chance so we can have, you know, more directors, um, being created and given stages this big. Um, so no, no Favreau. You have too much on your plate as it is. But all right, let's move on. All right, this topic, I kind of feel weird about, I don't know why. I think Nick's going to maybe calm me down. Um, Rocket Man director Dexter Fletcher replaces Guy Ritchie for Sherlock Holmes 3. I legit think I am maybe one of the only people who have maybe only hated one Guy Ritchie movie. I am one of the biggest fans of Guy Ritchie, um, more so recently, but definitely love his work overall. Um, I loved what Guy Ritchie did with the first two Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if maybe he's too busy or if they just wanted to go someone else. I, I don't know. Because you don't recast um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Jude Law. Like, you you don't do that. So they were going to finish it. But, um, Nick, I'll go to you first. H- how do you feel? Because I, I don't know how high you are on Guy Ritchie. Do you kind of feel like it, it'll feel weird, or do you feel like as long as you have RDJ and Jude Law, it'll be fine? Um, I feel like, um, well, okay, I'm I'm not even the biggest fan of the Sherlock Holmes movies, so we'll start there. I'm not like I don't dislike them; they're fine. Um, I am kind of the opposite of you. Like I love Guy Ritchie's early work. Um, I fucking love Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, I love Snatch. I even love Revolver, Rock and Rolla. Like all of those movies are all fucking excellent to me, and I enjoy uh, all four of them um, immensely. Um, as far as Dexter Fletcher taking over, um, like he gets, you know, he, he, I have yet to see Rocket Man, but I've heard good things. Um, he also, uh, directed a little movie, which maybe y'all would have seen, uh, Eddie the Eagle, um, which was a really fucking cool movie. It had Taron Edgerton, um, and, uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, it was basically just about, um, is a true story about this uh, this Englishman uh, who 
uh, like wanted to to ski um, and like wanted to do like the long jump or something like that. Uh, I'm might be misremembering a little bit, um, but it's a it's based on a true story about the 1988 Winter Olympics, and this dude had to overcome so much. Um, But anyway, it's a very very cool movie. Both of those actors do a fucking fantastic job. so, I mean, he directed that, which I think is, um, which I would highly recommend um, for anybody to, to go see. Um, and then another little point of fact that may give you um, uh, some, to, to help ease your mind a little bit, Juwan, um, Dexter Fletcher uh, was actually in Lock, Sock, and Two Smoke and Barrels, which is Guy Ritchie's very first movie. Um, so he was, he was an actor in Guy Ritchie's first movie. So I would imagine... Um, that, you know, Guy Ritchie would feel comfortable, um, given that these two have had a working relationship, would feel comfortable uh, putting it in Dexter Fletcher's hands, um, you know, given that there is that connection there. I don't know how much of a connection that is, um, but I do think that's interesting that the guy who's taking over for for Guy Ritchie on this project was actually in Guy Ritchie's very, very first film. Um, Just kind of neat. Um, but I, I've always been a big fan of Dexter Fletcher as an actor. Um, you know, like I said, he, he was in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, he was also in Kick-Ass. Um, he's been a, he, he's been in a lot of, uh, a lot of movies. Um, doesn't, doesn't, he's never kind of been like the, the leading guy. Um, he was also in Layer Cake, um, uh, Tristan, Tristan and Isidol. Um, so just like, he's been in some like really good movies. He's been, uh, in... Um, Hollywood for for a long time, um, or at least he's been making uh, making movies for a long time. Well, you know, back since the seventies. Um, he like, he, I think he knows his game. I have faith in him because I did the the one movie that I have seen of his. I thoroughly enjoyed, um, and you know, I, I I'm just I've always been a fan of his work, so I'm pretty excited about it. Fair enough. I'm just a huge fan of the style that, um, the style of which, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, what's his name did his movies in? Uh, I don't know why his name just lost me, but, um, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, thank you. I, I love the style of which Guy Ritchie did the first two Sherlock Holmes. I, again, loved the first two Sherlock Holmes. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, this guy's, uh, Dexter's vision for it, um, and if they continue after it or if he's, you know, how they kind of, bookmark it um but yeah i figured you'd be able to 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 calm me down like i didn't hate it but i'm just kind of like why why would you (laughs) why would you change it now um but he's very talented so i mean i'll just i'll just leave it at that and um hopefully you still get the kind of um the, the you know the at least some semblance of the stylistically of what you enjoy so much with the first two I hope so. I really do. Uh, Tia, were you a fan of the uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies? And um, are you looking forward to seeing another one? Oh, yeah. I really actually enjoyed the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. The first one more than the second one. But yeah. when I heard that they were making a third one, I was like, oh, wow, it's it's been a while. You know, I think, um, what, the last one was 2011 or something like that? Sounds um, about right, but, yeah. Yeah, but I'm guessing that maybe now that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is, you know, kind of maybe done with Marvel, it's freeing up his time a little more. I'm not sure, but 
I think that he just gave a really good version of the character. I personally do love Benedict Cumberbatch's rendition of Sherlock, but um, Robert Downey's was really good as well. Him and Jude Law worked well with each other. Um, I do have a question. Do we know why Guy Ritchie isn't doing the third one? No. that that That's what I think bothers me the most. I'm just assuming um, he's too busy. He's too busy. Because if you want to continue the franchise, I'm pretty sure you offered him the money that he wanted. Um, but maybe he's too busy. I mean, because I, I don't know. I just always find it weird. Um you deciding to change director on the third movie. Like, the second one, maybe. Because then, it, at that point, it's like the new director has a shot at two movies. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming he's just too busy. Okay. Well, you know, I didn't see Rocketman, but I know a few people who have, and they really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, that's not the same sort of style that the Sherlock Holmes movies are in, but as Nick said, if um, Dexter Fletcher and Guy Ritchie have a a working connection, then it is possible that Dexter might be faithful to the style that we're used to in this franchise. But um, I'm excited for a third one. Again, I really like the first two. I just love the idea of Robert Downey Jr. returning to that role. So, I mean, I'll wait to see maybe, you know, set photos, promotionals, trailers before I really get an opinion. I'm not going to knock Dexter Fletcher right off the bat. But, yeah, um, just I really got to say again, I'm excited for a third one of uh, Sherlock Holmes. By the way, Juwan, you mentioned that maybe he's too busy. This this ought to be enough to get you excited. Um, He's got a movie coming out in 2020. It's called The Gentleman. Uh, and mm. the, okay, get this. Um, the 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 tagline: A very British drug lord tries to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. Um, so that sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, guess who it stars? Um, wow. Charlie Hunnam and Matthew McConaughey. That sounds. You already awesome. had me at Charlie. Hunnam. I can't wait to see this movie already. <laughs> You already had me at Charlie Hunnam. I, I, I was sold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so apparently, yeah, looks like he is too busy. So that that's a good sign. Um, never a bad And this sounds like did, exactly the kind of Guy Ritchie that I always fucking love. So I'm super pumped. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. talented director. Very, very, very talented. And I, I do think he is underrated in the sense of we don't talk about him enough. Not we as in us. I just mean general film fans, movie fans, don't talk about him enough. Um, I do want to ask you guys this. We did get a report from, excuse me, Jesse Eisenberg, where he seemingly um, admits that his time as Lex is probably over. Um, I do want to ask you, Nick, and really quickly, because we only have five minutes left. Sure. Um, when they recast Lex, do you want to see the casting that should have been from the beginning? In um, oh god, why can't I remember his name? Brian from, uh, Cranston. Brian or... Cranston, yes, Brian oh, Cranston. Okay. Or um, do you want to kind of see them go kind of unconventional again? Uh, no, I would. I would say with it doesn't have to be Brian Cranston, but I would. I would stay more in the wheelhouse of, you know, the actual Lex Luthor character um, that we all like, kind of know and love. Um, I was not a huge fan of Eisenberg's portrayal of the character. I think he did fine in his acting performance. It just it never felt 
it just never felt like Lex Luthor to me. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was optimistic that we might get there if he continued playing the role. Um, but I, I didn't feel like we were ever going to get the version of Lex Luthor that I have in my head um, and that most people have. Um, so I would kind of go, like, just, just slightly pivot towards that um, and, and not, not get too unconventional. I could see Warner Brothers getting uh, getting a lot of people upset. I I could see a race change for for their next casting of Lex Luthor. So uh, just, just I throwing that, that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. We could see it. And it could be a name that you uh, that a lot of people are familiar with. But uh, Tia, I, I know the name Corey just just rings so many alarms when I talk <laughs> Lex Luthor with you. But <laughs> what are your thoughts on Eisenberg's time as Lex being over? And um, you know anyone you would like to see uh take the reins. Well, obviously I was so incredibly happy when I saw that. Um, I'm not trying to be mean by bashing the actor. I just absolutely hated his performance as Lex Luthor. never felt like Lex Luthor. They could have shaved his head. I don't care about that. It just still never felt like it. So really happy that maybe the studios realized that that was just a complete disaster. And I don't know what um, Zack Snyder was thinking doing that to Lex Luthor. And obviously I will use every chance to say that I want Corey Stoll to be Lex Luthor at, in some sort of capacity. Or um, Vincent D'Onofrio did at one point express interest in playing the character, and I can see that as well. So, But mostly Corey Stoll, just because I've been gunning for that for a long time now. Both would be very fine additions to, uh, to being Lex Luthor, but I could see them... Uh, and I definitely spoke with a uh, an executive producer about this. They could definitely, after the success of Joker, because I don't see how that movie's a flop, they could maybe go the route of doing more villain movies um, yeah. like Joker. And if they if they are, Lex Luthor would be the obvious next choice. And that's why I said That'd Brian be Cranston, because awesome. um, you go with the guy that you should have. Um, and you know he's able to portray the Lex that we all know and love. And he's a draw, so people go, oh, I know that guy. Um, and I think that, you know, he could definitely give you an Oscar, Oscar-worthy Oscar performance, just like I'm pretty sure um, Phoenix is going to offer you. So, to me, I could see them going that route, and if they do, Lex Luthor will definitely have his own movie before he is in a Superman movie, because, again, we have no idea who our Superman is. Um, but that's pretty much all we got for you guys this week. Stay tuned. We could be having our reveal of our Shang-Chi actor next week at Comic-Con. Uh, so that's a possibility. So stay tuned for that. They are putting out feelers um, for actors at this very moment. Um, we actually have a report on that over at GVNation.com. Uh, so check that out. Um, Tia, you saw Lion King and you loved it, right? Yes, it was really good. A really nice uh, adaptation of a classic. I will say I listened to the soundtrack and it all it it brought back so many memories. It felt like nostalgia. Oh, so I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see the movie. Um, to me, the songs mattered, and the song sounded really good. So to me, I, I think I'll be sold. Um, but guys, stay tuned. Next week we are going to be working like mad men, mad women to cover everything San Diego Comic Con related. We actually have boots on the ground. San Diego Comic Con uh, so huge shouts out to James and his brother for that, they will be covering every inch of it um, so stay tuned for our full coverage, we will give you up to date news like we have been every year 
Um, it's so tiring. Joel felt that last year. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing <laughs> it this year. Um, but it's very tiring giving you guys up-to-date coverage. But uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll be breaking down everything next weekend. Stay tuned for uh, we just had a top ten. Um, Geeks Against the Grain will be tomorrow. So will Monday suck. And then we have Full Court Press. Um, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. See ya.